Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Now, look, I got to admit, sometimes I do from time to time being an Edmonton Oilers fan. And this moment from just over 20 years ago still gives me goosebumps. Here's Sidor racing in. He's around the net trying to come out. No, and I still can't. Uh, Todd Marchand went on to score the overtime winner there, Game 7 against Dallas, just a couple minutes after. Uh, He had a knack for doing that, though. A lot of those, oh, my God, jaw-dropping moments. One of the best to do it. Uh, And has a really interesting story to tell. Curtis Joseph uh, is co-author of a new book called Cujo, uh, The Untold Story of My Life on and Off the Ice. He is in town uh, promoting the book. You can see him tonight, 7 o'clock at Chapters Crowfoot. Very pleased to be joined by the aforementioned Curtis Joseph. Curtis, a real honor and a pleasure. Welcome to the program. Yes, Sam. Oh, perfect. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, this is really fantastic. So, uh, first of all, tell us a bit more about you know, why you wanted to write the book. And and I understand that maybe, you know, you were a little reluctant to to share some of these stories publicly for a while. Yeah, it was uh, my childhood. And uh, I was embarrassed as a kid of my childhood. Needless to say, nobody came over after school to to play at my house. And uh, it wasn't until my wife, Stephanie, I met her about 11 years ago, and she uh, wanted to know all about me. And slowly, you know, we talk about things that happened a long time ago and um you know she loved the story told me i should write a book so i began to embrace it and i uh, would go and speak on different speaking engagements um you know had more time as i was retired and uh we talked to junior teams and their parents and uh people would come up to me after and go wow that's such a great story you should write a book and that was the sentiment and um you know kids would say listen you know i've been adopted too and so they'd have a connection or they'd um, you know, they became a goalie because I was. So it, it, it spawned me to maybe I can help some people if I, if I write a book. Uh, and you picked someone great to do it with. Um, folks in Calgary are probably familiar with Kirsty McClellan Day. Uh, you know, she's worked on, on other projects like this. Uh, in terms of, you know, having someone to help share your story, like I say, I think you picked a pretty good one. That was the other thing. I, you know, I was to share this story. I wanted the right person to help me out collaborate the book and um for a long time you know i'd say to myself you know is it a worthwhile story you know do, are people going to get anything out of this and you know just talking to kirsty uh we met her at wayne gretzky's fantasy camp and and my wife had met her first and talked to her for hours and told me this is the author uh for your book and and took me five minutes talking to kirsty knowing that she was made of the right stuff and was going to be able to help me uh convey on on paper um definitely picked the right person we had a great time collaborating on the book it took us about a year and uh it was a lot of fun doing it so when you you look back at your childhood and you know and i look at this as as a hockey parent i mean the, the kind of commitment involved to have your kid in hockey get your kid to hockey and you read about just this you know this crazy upbringing you had where you were almost you know left to fend for yourself how were you able to to you know have any kind of uh you know, a, a hockey career as a kid to be involved in hockey with, with all of that going on? 
That's such a great uh, question and a good observation because I'm a I'm a hockey dad of three AAA boys. You know, they've they've gotten older now, but I know the involvement that goes into my life and their life and how how would they do it without me, you know, type thing. And, yeah. and certainly I never played AAA. That's part of the story also playing single A all the way up until major midget and still making the NHL. But uh, it certainly is a, a story of, of, least, uh, of least likely making the NHL. Um, it, it is so involved to, to hone your craft and be good at it, uh, let alone get to the NHL. So it was a lot of people in the community, it takes a village um, to raise a kid type of thing. And, and a lot of people did me favors and saw something in me and would always help me in the next step of the way. And that's kind of how I, I made it. And, and certainly I, I persevered and, and was had the passion for the game. Um, a little bit of luck here and there. And, and uh, eventually I got to a level where uh, people were looking at me. So as you write, you, you write, I had a weird life, which is is kind of an understatement. I, I guess this this home you grew up in, it was like a rehab center in a way. Um, but describe your family situation. I mean, did you really have a, a mom and dad there for you? No, not, not really. I was left to fend for myself most of the time, for sure. Um, it wasn't a loving, you know, mother, son, father, son. You know, I stayed out of sight as much as I could. And, um, yeah, the home that we lived in was a mentally, uh, a place for mentally ill men. Uh, nobody really came to see them. So it was in the perfect environment. Like I say earlier, I, I, um, I wasn't inviting kids over after no. school uh, to come see what my life was like away from, from school. So it was different, but it was my life, and I... I started to go over to friend's house and see the difference and, and kind of crave that, crave that family life. Uh, that's probably why I, find, uh, I started a family so early in my life. Um, you know, you see these things that shape you and who you are and what paths you chose because of it. So, and, you know, I put it all down in the book and um, I wanted to, to be right. I wanted to be honest. I wanted to, it to be right and, and hopefully that people will see it. And not feel sorry for me, but say, wow, you know, I can do it too. Right. Uh, were you ever removed from the home? I mean, should you have been, do you think? No, it was, uh, no, I think, um, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, yeah. uh, I wouldn't change a thing. It, it made me resilient. It made me independent. It made me fend for myself. And, uh, you know, I had a roof over my head and I had enough uh, sawdust burgers that, yeah. you know, I could cook and, um, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. And I tell my biological uh, mother, Wendy, that, and uh, it was nice that she came forward and, and wrote a piece in the book. Yeah. Um, what was hockey like for you then as a kid? Was it, was it an escape for you then? Yeah, it was an escape for me, and it always has been. Yeah. Uh, it's a place that I go where I feel comfortable a place where i go where i see friends i i hear stories i uh, i'm an observer so i observe the other kids and and hear what they have to say and what their lives are like and what they do so for me it was uh it was pure joy you know as you say and i mean you know growing up it was obvious that you were good but maybe not quite nhl good i mean you made it to junior uh you played at university you never did get drafted though did you no, I was a good single A player, <laughs> yeah. and then I became a good 
tier two junior A player. And it wasn't until I was 20 when I played for Notre Dame, I became a good enough junior A player that I could get a scholarship. Otherwise, I was in trouble for school and making something of my life. I needed somebody to pay for that. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until I was 21 that I got the scholarship to Wisconsin. So, um, and then when I was in college, I became good enough to get noticed at the NHL level. And then from there, I got even better. So I don't know how that progressed. Being on the ice more often every day, which I never had been, uh, really uh, sped things up. So was it a case of that, that it had to click for you at some point, or did you always have the belief and you were just waiting for others to see it? Well, nobody told me I couldn't do it. That was the good thing about not having parents involved in your life. Nobody told me, hey, son, it's time to go to school, you know. So I just always, it was the joy also. You know, it was part of it, the joy, and part of it, you know, I felt I was good enough to get a scholarship because I'd see other kids get scholarship. And, you know, in Ontario, I was MVP of the league. So I was like, ah, you know what, I can get this. And like I said, it was the never quit attitude and going to Notre Dame was the big turning point in my life. You know, you probably get asked this a lot these days. I mean, the game has changed. I think the position has changed somewhat. I mean, if you're under six feet, it seems as though maybe they won't even give you a second look. If if you were coming up today, you think it would have been a lot harder for you? (laughs) Yeah, uh, 5'11", they don't look under a a guy under 6'2". So, Yes, and paying for junior, like tier two junior hockey is between five and seven thousand dollars to play now. Yeah. So I think I would have found a way. <laughs> I would have found a way. I would have found a way to do it. So um yeah, it would have been harder possibly, but there would always been that person that stepped up in my life and, and helped me make it happen. Well, turned into a very long and productive career, one of the longest and most productive uh of all time. Now it's interesting because it did include a very brief, very brief stint here in Calgary. How did you come to Calgary? How did you end up leaving so soon? Yeah, so I was, uh, I think I was either 39 or 40, and I was uh, not, uh, I hadn't got a contract or hadn't been playing, and I was taking the kids to school, and, you know, I love my kids, and I, you know, I was giving back, but I really had that, I was very healthy, and I had that desire to play again, and I remember my agent Donnie and his friend uh, Kevin Pendergrass saying, listen, Curtis, if you still want to play, you should go and play in the Spangler, Spangler Cup. It's a great tournament. It's a, it'll be a nice showcase for you. Well, I hadn't played a lick since uh, April, and uh, so I was a little nervous about that. But uh, I trained and went over there, and we ended up winning uh, the gold medal at, this, at the Spangler Cup, which was such a great experience. Dougie Gilmore was the GM. He kept asking me also. So a lot of things were pointing me in that direction. And what a great experience that was playing for your country and all those players that those Canadians that are playing over there in Europe already. So um, it was, it was a great experience. And then I had like seven offers from the NHL just to, to back up uh, for possibly a Stanley cup uh, winning team. So there was a bunch of suitors that came down to Calgary and San Jose. I picked Calgary, had great experiences playing in Canada and I loved it mm-hmm. Played for Calgary. And we, uh, we had a great team and very enjoyable. So I was only here a half a year, but um, it, it was a lot of fun. Well, the book is called Cujo, The Untold Story of My Life on and Off the Ice. Uh, you are in Calgary. You are going to be at the Chapters Crowfoot location, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, meet Cujo. Get the book signed. Curtis Joseph, been such a pleasure having you with us. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today.
Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, all the best. There you go. One and only Curtis Joseph. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.